you really yeah. need to imagine all that your 10 year future what how it sounds like smells like looks like etc so you 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 kind of magnify that pain and once you magnify the pain to the point where you might even cry and etc um you hate it so much that that hopefully become the fuel And we are live. So welcome back, guys. Today I'm chatting to Gary Lin, all the way from New Zealand. A little bit of background about Gary. He migrated from China to New Zealand at a young age. From then, he worked as a civil engineer, accumulated an investment portfolio of 11 investment properties in New Zealand. Uh, 14, 14. 14, 14. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, after holding on to the properties for some time, he was able to retire eventually of the property portfolio. And today he keeps himself busy by being a business and property coach. So Gary, pleased to welcome you to the show. Yeah, thanks, George. Yeah, no problems, no problems. So, Gary, um, what have you been up to lately? Um, I've that, you know, tried to do my research online, so hopefully I caught most of the stuff. But, um, yeah. you know, uh, maybe you can fill us in on more some of the more recent stuff. Well, yeah, after after I left the engineering career, I kind of become a, a property coach, uh, kind of full-time, and I also started a renovation business. Um, and uh, But... In, in business, you, I always try to look for the shortcut. Like for example, I want I, I, I try to accomplish the result without spending least of time possible, right? Uh, and then what ended up happening is I spent too much time at home actually. <laughs> yep. um, and then my family, uh, they all uh, being Chinese and whatnot um, background, they they all like have this mentality that you got to uh, the 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 their version of working hard is is by you leaving home early. In yep. the morning and then come back like in the evening, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's really totally against uh, my business philosophy. It's more like like that four-hour week type stuff. Uh, do the least amount possible, uh, but get more, uh, still get the same result, right? Um, yep. And eventually, I just got bored uh, at home, and then um, uh, kind of like late uh, late 2018. Um, at the time, I didn't really want to continue the renovation business. Uh, but any long, anyway, long story short, I saw the recession was coming. Um, family wanted me to go back to corporate, um, which I did. Then um, I decided, mm, what can I do with my skill set? And obviously, I, I, I joined a bank <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to use my skill set uh, so I can shortcut the process. Um, and uh, and also, you know, just having a great, good position that I know that uh, um, if a recession comes, I'll be in good, uh, really good place to be. And sure. it turns out to be true. <laughs> sure, sure. Yep, yep. Yeah. And that sort of, you know, having the uh, working in the bank sort of aligns to a lot of the other stuff that you do. And um, you have your, your finger close to the pulse, right? So you know exactly what's going on um, oh, in regards definitely. to like interest rates and things like that. You know, you know how to maximize lending even more yeah. <laughs> once you're inside. Yeah. Excellent. Not Excellent. for myself, but more, more, more for my friends, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't do my own lending, unfortunately. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can never can never get to uh, too much information. So, um, Gary, there's a lot of uh, questions that I want to ask, but um, I wanted to open up firstly 
um, by sort of, you know, just chatting about um, financial independence and um, just, you know, um, your view of the importance of financial independence and the importance of a person um, opening themselves up to choices, as you call it, um, a lot on your YouTube channel and avoiding sort of this uh, modern day slavery that a lot of us um, are in. Um, yeah. Can you chat about a little bit about your uh, mindset when it comes to financial independence? Financial independence, it's, uh, I would say it's uh, these days, you know, the word privilege, uh, luck, uh, have been used quite a lot, right? More, more for the people who are frustrated in, in the pursuit of, uh, of monetary success, uh, well, success these days are uh, tied with money a lot, right? Um, so they don't understand that privilege or luck is actually accumulation of hard work, right? Mm. Um, working smart obviously helps a lot, right? Like I always give this example to people is that um, the, the thing about money is that you've got to remember in the world today of PC and, and uh, racial divide and whatnot, the good thing or bad, or bad thing about money is that the money treats everybody the same. So whether mm. you're white, yellow, red, etc., black, um, white treats everybody the same. And uh, if you listen to uh, Robert Kiyosaki long enough, uh, you know he he preaches that as well. So uh, I would say people really need to, when it comes to financial uh, freedom, etc., they really need to start with the why, like Simon Sinek, right? Why are you doing it? Why do you want financial freedom? Then you got to think up here, uh, fire here is like, what is your dream lifestyle? Um, because that's different to everybody, right? Some people want the Mercedes or Lamborghini lifestyle. Uh, some people just want uh, to care, take care of family, in which majority people are. Um, and uh, just a, just a, a lifestyle where don't, they don't have to worry about money, right? And that's really about financial freedom. And then once you free up your time, because majority of people are, uh, like you said, right, slaved uh, to the uh, to the job or not. Um, if you can free yourself from that, from the shackles of that, um, then you've got a lot of time uh, in your hands. Uh, that's good thing and bad thing. Uh, and, and then you can uh, obviously free to pursue what you want to do. Um, and that, I guess that a lot of people, are, you know, including myself as well, is giving up the, your dreams and passions. Um, well, actually not really me because I don't really have a strong passion for anything. Um, mm. But some people really have a, a strong passion for things. But the thing is like, some passions, it was really hard to turn into money as well, you know what I mean? So mm. it's good that if you can, uh, by investing, it doesn't have to be real estate, it could be shares and all that stuff. Mm. It's just that I find uh, property a lot better because uh, you've got the power of leverage, where shares yep. is really hard to do that. And um, takes, for me anyway, because I'm not I'm not expert at it, I mean, for me, it's just property is a lot better. And, and obviously yep. I chose that vehicle. Um, and I obviously got really good success out of that. You know? Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And um, one thing that I wanted to really delve into is this idea of pain and pleasure because you mentioned that in a lot of your videos and I think it's a really uh, interesting uh, concept. Can you um, tell us a little bit more about that concept of pain and pleasure and how it relates to financial independence? Yeah, so the concept of plan and pleasure has uh, uh, obviously been talked about by Tony Robbins uh, more than 30 years ago. Yeah. So pain and pleasure is like, for example, um, people are more willing, 70% more inclined to act on the impulse of pain rather than pleasure. So mm. um, a lot of people, 
usually take action once they, for example, if you try to lose weight, uh, for example, in my case, uh, when I started investing, um, I just want to quit my job back then. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I, I thought that uh, if I can, <laughs> um, if I can uh, quit my job, I can play the World of Warcraft full time at the mm-hmm. time. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, subsequently, World of Warcraft uh, turned into a second job because it was like a treadmill and there was so much pain. I quit that game and I've never mm-hmm. touched it in 14 years. <laughs> uh, but, but I keep using that story as to, 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 to show people is that uh, if you, if you have got I mean, you, there are a lot of videos on that, how to use that, the power of pain and pleasures to your gains, uh, you know, mm. uh, Tony Robbins videos and whatnot. Uh, but essentially, if you're in a pain, a state of pain, or, or, or you know that the, the, career, the, the path you're walking towards in terms of maybe your career or, or, or uh, just your, your all financial situation, mm. and if you're already suffering, um, you just need to look ahead. You need to plan ahead. It's like, okay, if you don't do anything different, well, nothing is going to change, right? So you got to you got to walk a different path. And, and and sometimes in walking a different path, path there's obviously more unknowns, um, more pains, if you can put it that way. And, and humans, we don't like to be too uncertain about things, right? We like certain certainty. But at the same time, if you if you what you are doing right now or your situation you you're heading towards is not going to get you anywhere, uh, that too much certainty in that regard is not good either. <laughs> mm. So so you got to really need to magnify the pain if you are in pain, and mm. you got to think about uh, five ten years ahead, uh, what what will like your life be like, right? Imagine yep. that. Um, like imagine yourself plugging into the matrix. You know the matrix movie. You, you plug in and you going to virtual world so you really yep. need to imagine all that how how that your 10-year future um, how it looks like um, what how it sounds like smells like looks like etc so you 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 kind of magnify that pain and once you magnify the pain to the point where you might even cry and etc um, you hate it so much that that hopefully become the fuel um, to, to, to your uh, desire really uh, to drive you that, yeah, that um, yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. And um, yeah. I find that a lot of people in the financial independence movement, uh, they really, um, they might have, you know, started slowly, but it was it's usually when they sort of be, start to become disenfranchised with work, uh, maybe they uh, got laid off or, you know, they go through a period of burnout when it comes to work, um, that yeah. they really start to pursue it hard and really start, you know, um, learning about uh, how to manage their money and knuckling down on their finances. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, interesting that you uh, can say that, you know, you grab that pain and then you exacerbate it by kind of looking down the track and imagining yourself in the same position um, in five or ten years' time. And um, by doing that, you know, you can obviously um, amplify it um, and use that as a motivator. So, um that that that's an interesting concept in yeah, creating nothing, this sort of feedback. Yeah, nothing more motivating than uh, than uh, pain, right? The, that's yeah. why, like, for example, if you go to Tony Robbins' uh, Unleash Power Zen event, uh, well, obviously now he's doing it virtually, but uh, before COVID, uh, you have to walk on fire, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, and on day one as well, it's a four-day event, so it's, that's really to get you out of the comfort zone, um, and 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 teaches you that. Uh, even though it's a big fear of unknown that you can, as long as you can put your mind to it, uh, you can achieve whatever, whatever you want, right? Um, yeah, so the human mind is very, uh, uh, very interesting and very powerful thing. And um, I guess it's just the majority of people are, are 
subconsciously uh, be conditioned, uh, and also by society as well, to be afraid, afraid to fail. Mm. And um, I guess a lot of people were just being, um, how should I put it this way, content with where they are. Um, and and there's some resistance, like for example, if you if you pursue, if you know nothing about finances, finance uh, or, or haven't read any books, etc. It's always going to be a, a bit of unknown, a bit of a new habit, and new habits are obviously hard to form as well. But I guess the key thing is really is you've got to have that deep underlying desire. And then at the time, you know, I was really sick of my job, uh, mm-hmm. even though I'm on a job now. I mean, my, my perspectives are different right now, right? But the key thing is like in a job is that um, you, you – well, that's a different topic altogether. Um, having a job and or having a business mm. is that uh, you you need to know why you're doing it. <laughs> the same thing, right? It's all about the why. Um, you know, nothing wrong being a job actually. You know, if you got 24 hours and and you got all the money in the world, um, uh, you'll be bored to 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 your death if you don't have a goal. Uh, yeah. so you got in life, you have to have multiple goals because ultimately. Uh, humans like to grow, right? Like like Tony Robbins talks about six human values uh, or, or um, what, uh, forces that drive us. Um, I don't want to repeat that uh, here, but like one of them is growth. So if you're not mm. growing, you die. And mm. uh, I, I always use the uh, the example of Tyson Fury as well, where he was uh, the boxer. He mm. uh, got to become the you know undisputed uh, world champion, whatever. And all of a sudden, he, he, he lost it and uh, lost the plot and drugs and alcohol and all that. And that's because he conquered uh, one Himalayas and uh, he didn't have the second one, the, the higher goal to, to yep. pursue. And, and yep. you can lose yourself that way. Um, but anyway, back to, back to more simply is that uh, back to the financial freedom mm. part is that um, you really need to know why you're doing it. You know, mm. financial freedom, is, it's... Uh, it's a marathon, like I said before, privilege and luck and all that. It's a accumulation of hard work, right? Mm. So it's not going to be instant. Um, and uh, they, obviously, there are, are get-rich-quick kind of type of people out there and things like that. But majority of the, the people, the, the millionaires or billionaires in the world, um, they don't become one like overnight. For example, Elon Musk, if you look at his background, uh, uh, Richard Branson and all that, they suffer a lot of pain. A lot of failures along the way and all that, and, and definitely what they are right now. It took many, many years. Even Jeff Bezos, for example, right? It probably yep. even took him 30 years yep. um, to, to build Amazon where it is today. I mean, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, 20 years ago, Amazon was just a bookshop, but look mm. at it now. Um, but uh, for for common people like us, <laughs> yep. um, it's the same thing. It's just that it's just that that you got to find a path. To, or, or a vehicle towards mm. that dis- destination, right? And when it comes to, especially come to investing. I mean, some people, if they're really gifting business, doing some yep. business because you can scale and then make more money in business. Uh, however, the failure is really high too. Yeah. Um, I, I work at business banking, right? So 95% of the customers are dealt with in the bank, looking at their bank accounts, etc. 95% should just go back to a job. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If they, definitely. if they want to start a business, start a side hustle, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Until they're really good at at, at the side hustle. Yeah. yeah. So going a bit uh, deeper into how to reach financial independence, so we established, you know, why it's important and the importance of uh, opening us up to choices. Um, yeah. 
you know, you've probably uh, you probably heard of the term, um, you know, work, uh, save, and invest the difference. It's one of those commonly uh, repeated sort of mantras um, in the financial independence world. Uh, but Gary, I've noticed that you've sort of almost pioneered an extra step in there, um, in that you need to work smart as well as hard. So instead of just you know work, save, and invest, you've slipped another one in there in that you need to work hard work smart save and invest um so that's that's that i found that really interesting do you want to take us a little bit into that and why you feel like it's so important to work smart today i guess the big big thing about finance is the the, or the rules about money is that if you look back the last uh i always use example uh, uh, 1971 right like when uh u.s president richard nixon took took the, the the u.s dollar of the gold standard and that's where uh asset values really skyrocket through the decades um, and uh, well probably even after World War II even um, so house prices like for example in Australia and New Zealand is the same especially in big cities um, every seven to eight years it doubles right so mm. the barrier uh, if you look at if you look at property market uh, just as an example it's like an elevator right um, so elevator meaning that if you once you step on the ladder um, it just keep climbing up as the market mm. goes up, right? So the thing is, like, if you if you delay that, I've, I've met plenty of people who have, have um, you know, got the property paid off and whatnot uh, 20, 10 years ago, and now is now they only want to invest. Well, I guess what? Today's prices are double of uh, 10 years ago. You mm. know what I mean? So, so the, problem, the, the, the problem really is that majority of the people, when we trade time for money, time is a finite asset, right? Mm. Money is infinite. The central banks can push push a button and here's a billion dollars, here's a trillion dollars. You know what I mean? Definitely. So the problem is that the monetary expansion is uh, the speed of, of money creation because money today is, is backed by confidence of the people, just like Jim Rohn, mm. uh, a famous uh, business uh, person and uh, mentor to uh, Tony Robbins once said. Uh, mm. So money, money is the value of money uh, is backed by people's confidence. Mm. So if people lose confidence in it, like for example, Zimbabwe dollar, uh, I don't know what their currency called, but you know what I mean, like Venezuela, etc. Then their currency becomes worthless, right? Um, the, so the problem is that the the the, the, the currency expansion, the, the speed of currency expansion is faster than the people's ability to trade time for money, and and unfortunately that also like for example, if you follow uh, Jordan uh, Peterson, right? Yep. Jordan Peterson yep. talks about. Yep. Um, the, the the also the another challenge to more than uh, what they call job is that uh, technologies it's erasing a lot of the lower end jobs. So what what's happening is a lot of jobs that used to pay well. For example, uh, imagine uh, before our days, uh, Pan Am, you know the airline. Yeah. Right? I think in the 80s or something like that. Yep. So if you're air, air hostess or, or something like that, you get actually really paid and you almost felt like a movie star. Yep. Today they 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 get what 40 50 k uh, a year. Mm. Um, it's peanuts, you yeah. know. What I mean? um, airline pilots. Uh, 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 I, 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 I've watched films by Michael Moore about that. And airline regional airline pilot in the states, they have yep. to get three jobs to make things work. So yep. a lot of the higher paying jobs are uh, in you know, our father and grandfather's time. Yep. Well, in the Western world, in China's different story. But in the Western world, is that uh, all of those blue collar or those white collar jobs are uh, really high paying ones. They're getting far, far fewer in between now. Yes. Right? 
Yep. So imagine also that uh, back in the uh, in the 60s uh, and things like that, where one family uh, usually the, it's obviously the guy who's the breadwinner, the husband, and yep. one income can uh, can sustain the family. Yep. And uh, and obviously house prices, asset prices, etc., weren't as good uh, as uh, as high as today. Um, yep. So uh, I forgot what your question is now, but the oh. yeah, the thing is. The, yep. the, it's unfortunate that uh, it's getting harder and harder and harder. So yep. really, does whether it's investing or, or uh, business or uh, having a career, etc., you really need to aim, aim for uh, working smart, right? Yeah. You know, for example, if you're uh, working as a janitor or you're working at McDonald's, yep. you'd rather be the McDonald's manager rather than the one at the counter, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, it's all about maximizing your hourly rate. And for me, it's about fairness. Uh, yep. Well, fairness is the wrong word, but like I, I, I personally look at it as that, look, if I'm going to pick the job banking career, right, yep. I, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna try my best, aim for the one that pays me the most per hour. Yeah, that makes you know sense. I mean, yeah. if I decided that hey, I want to go down this route, I'm gonna maximize my time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can work as a teller and whatnot, whatnot, and I get peanuts. Um, and you know, for me, it's all about uh, is it? Am I doing what's just for my for me? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're gonna trade your time for dollars, you may as well trade it for good dollars, right? Like as the first yeah, step. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so so it's almost like incremental analysis or whatever. It's, it's like you've got finite asset, finite time, etc. How can you maximize it, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, in the financial world, it's all about maximizing in terms of dollar value, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the same as investing is that if you've got, say, 100 grand or 5 grand, etc., how can you maximize it? Um, yeah. and, and obviously, there's uh, risk and reward that balance as well. Um, because investing, there's different routes, different ways to do it. Some is more speculative, like gambling, and some is more uh, safe. Uh, and, and the risk is all, all proportional to knowledge as well. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's really interesting that you uh, talk about sort of, you know, a, a long-term debt cycle uh, in which sort of like the nature of the monetary system uh, means that, you know, uh, inflation in certain things um, such as, you know, assets, they go up quicker than uh, the ability of salaries to go up. So it's almost like, you know, things get tougher and tougher over time. We can buy yep. less and less and um, things, you know, basically uh, purchasing power goes down over time. Yep. Um, I'm interested to, uh, to know how this affects a real estate investor today. So, you know, you've obviously started investing um, a while ago, so you've had sort of the benefits of, you know, um, that that large lowering of uh, interest rates sort of in the last decade or more than a decade. Um, yep. Would you, yeah, how, how, would, how should a person sort of, you know, um, think about investing today? Um. So let, let's go back to the debt cycle, for example. Uh, uh, Ray Dalio talks about the debt cycle a lot, the long-term one and, the, yes. and whatnot. He goes about 100 years. I can publicly yep. on camera saying I don't believe that um, just mm. because all, uh, before 1971 and after 1971 is two completely different things. Mm. And, and also we are now, uh, we, the Western economy or capitalism is based on um, Oh man, I always forget that word. Keynesian economics, right? Okay, Keynesian yeah. economics mean, meaning that you stretch and contract the uh, the monetary supply, yeah. right? But the thing is, you got to remember, we are in a society today. I mean, we are in a society today that see the thing is, economics 
It's not logical, right? Because people are not logical. We buy things. I, I, I got a. I'm not going to show off your car. My car, my new car. Mm. Um, I bought a new car because it doesn't make sense. You know what mm. I mean? Like, like my logical brain says depreciation, depreciation, depreciation. You mean? Yes. But on this side, it's like boom, boom. You know, the the, gotcha. the on the track. You know, it costs a lot of money to be on the track as well. Like, you know, a couple hundred bucks, and then if you uh, need new tires and whatnot. You know what I mean? You got you got yeah. the emotional brain, and then you got the logical brain. So. As much as we like to make logical uh, decisions, most of the time we, we buy or make a decision based on emotional values. Mm. Logic is just to justify the numbers, right? Um, so what I was going to do, uh, what I was going to say is that uh, Keynesian economics doesn't really work because it works on expansion. Like for example, if for example you give a, a credit card to the mm. most common person, quite common New Zealand or Australian person today mm. because of lack of financial education, of a lot of financial literacy in schools, which mm. a lot of people rack up their debts, right? So uh, uh, exactly also is that when people climb their careers, their paycheck goes higher, so, that's, so is their lifestyle. Mm. So now mm. when you try to contract, right, when the good times are good, you expand, you expand your, uh, ex, uh, your budget and, and spending accordingly. So when you contract, it doesn't work because people can't unwilling to give up what they already have. Yeah. You know I mean? It's painful though. So yep. that's why it's really hard. Mm. Um, so that's why today is that um, you know uh, if you let free market to do its job, you know especially with COVID, um, mm. if it's a free market, then the whole economy will just collapse or not, yep. right? But what's opposite is happening is that the government. Uh, uh, since the GFC, you know, um, when when Lehman Brothers collapsed, was supposed to be end of the, the the financial world, right? And then yeah. obviously central banks stepped in with the the push of the all the major banks, the four major banks, um, printed a lot of money, and all of a sudden they found actually that actually worked really well. So yeah. so this time around they they started printing well before the crash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. They started well before the crash. So so now uh, property market in New Zealand is super, uh, skyrocketing. Yeah. Uh, option success rate is like 70 percent here. You yep. know, I, I follow Tom Panos in Australia as well. Uh, Australia is doing pretty well as well. Um, yep. Maybe not in Melbourne because of lockdown, but um, that's really uh, uh, counter cyclic. You know what yep. I mean? Um, yep. So anyway, back to property. Back to yep. the property is that if you look back since the 80s, interest yep. rates every decade is a recession, right? 87, yep. right? Uh, 90, uh, 97, the Asian uh, uh, financial crisis, then the Millennium mm-hmm. Bug, 9-11, whatnot. Uh, and then the GFC was a big one. And obviously now 12 years later, we, we, we're supposed to be long due. So mm-hmm. every time a recession happens, interest rate halves. Mm-hmm. So when interest rate halves, uh, for example, if, if say 2007, I, I had a million dollar loan, right? Um, I'll be paying $100,000 in, 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 in interest per year. Yeah. Interest rate floating was 10% at the time. Yeah. Uh, 2010, it dropped about 5%. Yeah. Now it's two and a half. Yeah. Right. So and then and then when interest rate drop, every time it drops half, the property prices doubles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For the bullet. Um, yeah. So so what's going to happen is that now is the beginning of the next cycle, really, because it's the 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 environment, especially when we walk out of COVID eventually, yeah. you know, in the next year or so, we will be mm. left with. Um, people coming out of fear, people coming out of uh, obviously lockdowns, yeah. uh, but people uh, will be feeling more confident. And when people are confident, what do they do when they are not financially literate? They're going to spend, right? Yeah. <laughs> I 
so economy will be booming. Uh, obviously, people will upgrade their homes, whatnot. And then, and then, and then the new setting is you got to remember is that uh, the interest rate will be at two and a half, two percent for Australia. Stays low. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. In 12 months' time, New Zealand will be, be 2%. Uh, Australia might be 1.5%. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the new reality. And, and when you go into uh, the banks, and the banks in Australia, I think they measure, uh, they, they uh, test your servicing at 1.5% or 1% above the actual rate. Um, yeah. Initially, it was like four, a year ago, might be four or five or seven. Now it's like in New Zealand, it used to be seven and a half, seven to seven and a half. Now it's about 5.8 to six and a half. Okay, um, yep. Next year might be, uh, might be four and a half to five and a half. So, so what that means is that the uh, people's ability to borrow uh, skyrockets. Yeah. And then, and then over time, people will use that money, like, yep. like, like a credit card scenario. So people uh, will borrow more, right? Because they, they, they can, so they will. Um, yep. And then obviously that will push up all the asset prices. Sure, right? sure, yep. And I think so, that's happened over and, ag- and over again in history, right? So like basically, you know, uh, during a recession, um, the central bank lowers interest rates when the economy is bad, but when the economy becomes good, uh, the interest rates still stay low um, and they don't, yep. you know, bounce back straight away. And um, I think you coined it the term uh, the Roaring Twenties, right? That's that's your term. Yeah, yeah that's your right. Claim yeah. to fame. That yeah, happened I, I, I can I can probably claim that that's my thing. Yeah. So you're pretty bullish. Um, I take it you're pretty bullish. Um, early like you know 2020s, so like 2021, 2020, they sh- you're you're expecting to be pretty good. Um, for the property um sector in New Zealand, right, and most likely Australia, Australia as well. And Canada. Any city around the world that has got the uh, constraint in terms of uh, uh, housing supply, and the big thing is population growth, right? Yeah. Like Japan is not going to do well just because then their population has been decreasing, you know, for yep. the last 20, 20 years. Um, any country that's not an immigrant country. So, for example, majority of the cities like Vancouver, uh, um, uh, well, basically Canada, US, UK, Australia, New Zealand, you know, the yep. five eyes. <laughs> mm. um, we are, we are all immigrant countries. If yeah. you look at America, back in Henry Ford invented the motor uh, the Ford motor vehicle uh, more than 100 years ago, America was about 100 million people. Yeah. Now it's 350, right? Yeah. Um, for example, like India. India was like, uh, before I left uh, China in 96, there were maybe about 900 million people. Yeah. Now they're on track to surpass China, you know, 1.5 billion um, really soon in the next maybe five years. Yep. Um, it's crazy, and and obviously now if you if you've got any Indian friends, they will tell you that Mumbai is crazy, the prices, right? You can just yep. Google it yourself. Um, so yep. even China, for example, China house prices in China, the ma- major cities, the we call the tier one cities like Melbourne, Sydney, yep. their house prices have been uh, increasing ten times per decade. Interesting, right? yeah. And obviously their their income has been going up as well, but that's more yep. because of inflation than anything else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really bullish about the next ten years, because, just because I know that uh, history repeats itself. Yeah. <laughs> Since the 80s, interest rate has been dropping half and half and half, and, and then obviously uh, house prices keep going up, and obviously inflation sure. is a inflation is a must for capitalism, right? Sure. Yeah. Capitalism. So inf- uh, central banks all will try to force inflation. Sure. Um, but the thing is, inflation. Uh, Inflation has been pumped into the asset prices, yeah, and it doesn't show on inflation because in 1986 
U.S. Uh, Department of Statistics removed house prices from inflation uh, gotcha. calculations. Yeah, and gotcha. also they changed the way they're measuring uh, unemployment as well. So mm-hmm. that's why inflation has literally halved overnight because of that. Um, and then obviously inflation has been artificially low, uh, mm-hmm. official uh, inflation, but asset value has been climbing, climbing, climbing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's really the reality. And and, and the thing is, like, um, for p- people who want to uh, stay, uh, build a portfolio, uh, you know, uh, uh, climb the property ladder, yeah. um, yesterday was, you know, it's, it's an old saying, right? Yesterday is, a, is the best time to buy. Um, you know, today and now is the next best thing, right? Uh, yeah. Pretty much it, it is. Definitely. Um, obviously, there's, there's always going to be... Uh, I was, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of uncharted territory because a lot of these asset growth and, and low interest rates and things like that, it's all obviously um, manipulated by central banks around yep. the world, right? Um, obviously, they could they could literally uh, turn off the tap overnight and yep. we'll be screwed, right? You yep. know what I mean? They, they could be saying, hey, hey we're not going to, are we going to return to free market? And then the, uh, you guys sort it out. That kind of thing, uh, yep. but I, I, I don't think it's gonna happen just yep. because you know last time round they, they did that they bail out all the rich people, rich yep. dudes, um, and uh, they're gonna do it again. You know? Sure, sure, yep. Yeah. And um, yeah, I agree that um, when you mention you know countries with high skilled immigration like Canada, New Zealand, Australia. Um, in a way, um, some of the capital cities um, in these countries, when it comes to property, is a fairly short bet, um, just due to that, you know, high uh, population growth and skilled immigration. Um, the counter argument to people that are, you know, bearish on property is that, you know, they look at the median price of, you know, properties uh, like Sydney, like Auckland, you know, um, you know, approaching a mill or, you know, uh, or at a mill. Um, and they say that, you know, the rentals are not enough uh, for the median prices. And um, I'm curious to uh, know how you would recommend a young person today with no equity and no previous sort of assets uh, build a portfolio um, in the current environment. Well, I'm, I'm going to lose a lot of subscribers by saying this. Uh, I would say uh, if you don't have the deposit today, turn to your mom and dad, um, you know, drop your ego and yep. borrow. <laughs> yep. That's yep. the fastest, uh, fastest way. Otherwise, uh, Otherwise, I'm going to uh, lose more viewership by saying this. Uh, <laughs> cut out all your cut out all your avocado toasts. Um, yep. uh, buckle up, save hard. If you don't want to borrow, or you don't have rich uh, uh, parents that have got own homes or whatnot, like I said before, right? Privilege is a, com- a combination of hard work, and that mm. extends to your parents and grandparents as well, right? Yep. Um, so if you are the first generation to be rich, um, you need to you need to decide that that's something you want, and you need to do it. Start taking action. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, you know, like Robert Kusaki has said before as well, is that um, uh, the rules for rich and poor is the same. It's just that it's a game, right? Yeah. And uh, you got to play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not much to it, really. I mean, obviously, I was lucky. You know, I was oh, being a Chinese. I had some uh, help from my parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, my parents, uh, they, they, they grew up even poorer. Yeah. You know I mean. So I'm, yep. I'm privileged because they put in the hard work so to get to where I am, you know what I mean? Yep. To, to set the higher foundation for me. Definitely. I mean? um, and obviously, I'm not going to waste it, you know? Definitely. Um, I mean, they, they helped me with the house uh, deposit, right? Yep. And obviously, I borrowed the rest. But at the same time, I could I could have topped up the money and, hey, blow it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. 
things like that. Uh, and so, so anyway, like uh, like we said all along, it's all about choices. Yeah. Um, some choice in life that is going to be more uh, rewarding immediately. You know, the yep. short-term gratification. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there are more sensible choices where uh, it's a marathon, and then yep. you know that delay delayed gratification is going to end up uh, somewhere better for you. You know, down yeah. the track. Definitely. So you got to you got to you got to look far ahead as to what that dream lifestyle looks like, and then you got to work backwards as to what you do you need to do and how long yep. it's going to take to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, you mentioned in some of your videos um, as um, one of the ways to try to offset some of the risks in some of the things that we talked about, you know, um, already high house prices and relatively low yields. Um, you mentioned um, a way to offset the risk is to go for properties that aren't 10 out of 10 livability and have a 4 out of 10 livability, uh, maybe not um, at the medium price point of the large capital cities, but maybe in the outer ring uh, where the yields a little bit better. Um, yep. Can you take us into, you know, um, how that can sort of help a young person looking to get in the property market and, um, you know, what type of um, sort of investment properties um, still have a lot of room for the upside while minimising some of the risk to the downside? Yeah, so probably, probably it's, it's basically a function of uh, growing a portfolio, I'm talking about, leveraging and bor- uh, borrowing because you want to use banks' money, right? Yeah. Uh, like Rich, uh, Richard Bort had a book with Robert Kiyosaki has talked about. So you, you, the fu- it's a function of equity uh, and uh, cash flow. Um, yep. In my experience, majority of investors like myself, um, yep. prop, uh, investors being around for five, ten uh, more or longer, uh, they they stop at a certain point. They can't borrow and they can't buy anymore, not because they're lacking equity. It's yep. always because they're lacking cash flow, right? So that's why I always aim for uh, cash flow positive properties, ideally, um, yep. especially interest rate record low right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to buy those cash flow positive properties. Yeah. Um, yep. So and then I always advocate that uh, you've got to look at the city you live in. Right. And uh, obviously, you've got to start with a, popul- uh, a city that's got decent uh, population. Don't yep. buy in those dead dying towns where uh, the the room uh, the the gossip of the of the week is uh, who was the last one uh, to leave the town, right? We actually yep. got that uh, west coast of, of New Zealand. Uh, that's the that's the butt of the joke around there. So don't mm. buy in those places uh, for a start. So you buy a decent towns and then um, uh, cities and then you look for uh, 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 streets or, or suburbs where um, you you scale one to ten. 10 gotcha. being where all the rich people live, and then one is like the, the where all the gangs are, you don't even want to get out of your car. So gotcha. I always uh, recommend uh, three to four, because that's where all your working class areas are. They're always going to be renters there, and they're still def- uh, not socially, uh, r- not too rough to live. You know gotcha. I mean? yep. Still attract the working class families that is going to look after your house. Yep. Um, it's almost like running a motel, for example, right? Like imagine yep. if you're running a motel or hotel. Uh, imagine if, what kind of tourists you attract if your uh, motel is a two-star. Yeah. Or God forbid a one-star hotel or motel. You know what I mean? Uh, any decent person will look at least three and a half star. You know what I mean? So 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 that's that's what I mean by the suburbs is that the, the three and four. Uh, that's where the working class areas are. And uh, and generally those properties are obviously cheaper, and uh, obviously you get a, a better rental return. And at the same time, you're not going to always uh, uh, have trouble attracting tenants, and yep. you won't have uh, a, a rough tenants that will trash your place. 
I mean, it can yeah. happen anywhere, but it's just that uh, you're going to have a, a, a better tenant pool, um, yeah. the, the better the area. So you've got to find the right balance in between, you know. And also as, as investors as well, is that it really depends on your circumstances. For yeah. example, if you're a, if you're a doctor um, and you are, or you're a business person, you're making multi-six figures income, etc. you don't really need to start at the threes. Right. Yeah, you can start at the five or even the six. Uh, because yeah. your, your personal income is really strong already. Um, for, but for majority of people, job seekers are, are work, uh, earning average salaries, then, then you need to offset that with a higher rental return. Yeah. Um, but, and ultimately, it's all about being able to borrow more because the, the key thing is asset prices are ever, ever increasing. So yeah. you really need to uh, leverage the power of leverage uh, yeah. you know, to, to use banks' money as much as possible to build your portfolio. Um, and if prices keep the way they, they have been in the last you know, 30 years, 40 years, um, since World War II, when it doubles every 10 years or seven or eight years uh, in Hong Kong, yeah. especially, I'm sure certainly in Melbourne as well, um, yeah. then, then if you borrow a million today and, and uh, it's still, if it's cash flow positive, it pays you five, 10 grand, that's great. Then it's like, how many millions do you want to borrow? Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, and and also when the asset prices double every ten years, you can buy five six properties in that ten years. If they bought if they double, you sell half, you pay down the debt. Right. Yep. That's how you realize the cash flow. And 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 if you if your target is say uh, two thousand a week income, you you probably need eight properties maybe. Yeah. Uh, depending where you are, maybe less. Um. And. Uh, yeah, that's one way to do it. Um. And uh, now especially the new new uh interest rate environment uh, below 2%, then yep. it's like, well, it's probably below real inflation. So then it's like, why should you pay off the debt? Yep. Yeah. Because the debt is devaluing itself, right? So this is a, this is a new set of uh, money rules uh, emerging yep. now, you know, with the negative interest rates coming and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, mortgage rate, I don't think it's going to be negative because banks always want to make money. Yep. Um, but savings rates will be zero, uh, negative, right? Yeah. When savings rates are negative, all the savers will be forced to be investors. Yeah. Right. So if you don't skill up, uh, you you uh, you either be a black sheep or a white one. Mm, still a lot of room for growth, uh, right? I got to be careful using the word white these days. Uh -huh. yeah. But you know what I mean? Like like uh, <laughs> a lot of, all of investors, if you're not skilled in what you're doing, you get slaughtered in the market. Yeah. Especially in the in the share market uh, uh, today. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I don't want to comment on the share market because that's not what I'm good at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like some of the suburbs that you um, are describing with that sort of, you know, uh, working class or, you know, that, uh, you know, balanced portfolio, um, they can sort of be found in the outer rings um, from the CBD. Is it a similar thing in Auckland? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, like ultimately, that uh, Sydney is obviously a huge place, and there will be parts of Sydney that doesn't make economic sense to mm -hmm. to invest as a as a beginning investor trading for yield. Um, so it's okay to look look for the next town. You know, Newcastle mm -hmm. is kind of like uh, uh, north uh, east, right? North, yeah, uh, north yeah. Far, right. So you then you look for the next uh, population center um, further further out. And yep. uh, see what the yields are there, and and there's nothing wrong with uh, starting. Like for example, people in Auckland, they a lot of them go down to uh, Hamilton, which is about yep. one and a half hours away, and invest there. Yeah. Um. And of course, some uh, some students have done that and done really well. So um, it's all about like for example, I I I haven't done too much uh, research in the Sydney, but for example, yep. 
if you're buying those outer rings, you say you get three and a half percent return gross, yep. right? And you're paying two percent. Uh, I assume uh, I haven't looked at the property management fees and and uh, uh, certainly rates. You know the the land yep. rates, the yep. property taxes. I don't know what you call it there. We call the property rates, yep. um, the council rates, uh, and, and hopefully you still make a good, uh, a positive cash flow break even, a hundred percent lending. So, yep. for example, if I can buy uh, uh, in in outer rings of certainly say three, three and a half percent return, if I were to go to Newcastle, then I'll be looking at four, four and a half percent return. Yeah. Right. You know, because you're sacrificing potential capital gain, but for high return, higher yield. Yeah. Yeah, that and sounds, if a new castle good. is too expensive, then you look further out. But obviously, like I said, it has to be a a, a town that's not too small. Makes sense. And makes and sense. Uh, and then you and then what you do is you look back, um, you look back to, on the property values, average median property values for that town uh, or city uh, or suburb for the like last ten years. And then you can find you can see what the how the performance is tracking. You can yep. you can even see. Um, what they call the ripple effect. Ripple effect meaning that uh, some parts of the city uh, or other parts of the city, uh, other cities outside of the main cities, their property values might uh, increase like four or five years uh, uh, after the cycle has started. You know, like the main centers have started yeah. like five years uh, earlier than some parts of uh, other other uh, other towns, smaller towns. Yeah. So you've got to also be aware of that. Um, but the key thing is property is a long-term gain. Right. So yeah. um, don't don't try to uh, chase the short uh, returns. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And in closing, um, I'd like to get your thoughts on what happens after financial independence. And this is uh, getting a little bit probably philosophical, but I know you have no problem going there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once you reach financial freedom, because ultimately financial freedom means it's it's ultimately about passive income. How much sure. a week? Getting, and then does it meet your li- uh, ideal lifestyle? So once you reach that, then obviously you will have a lot of time because you don't need to trade time for money. Sure. Um, then you got to fill uh, time. That's uh, you got to find things to do. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. That's not going to make you bored, right? <laughs> and you got to have uh, new sets of goals to to achieve things sure. like that. Um, and but the, but the thing is, like uh, generally at that point. Uh, you got a lot more disposable income. Um, you're less financially uh, in a struggle, and you will have a lot of choices. So, and ultimately, it's it's all about. Uh, I would say keep up with your personal uh, development. Sure. That's really key. You know, we we talk about mental health and all that, and that's part of it as well. Mental health affects rich people too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so keep up with your personal development. I would say go to a lot of Tony Robbins. Uh, 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 events, things like that, right? Uh, and uh, you know, learn new things and meet new people. Sure. Uh, always growing, you're always growing. It doesn't have to be in monitoring terms, but make the key thing is growing here. And then, um, and then further out, I always say probably leaving a legacy. You know, uh, legacy meaning that you just you you're not just leaving the wealth to your kids, right? Or maybe you'll you'll start uh, sponsoring or helping charities. Uh, for good causes and all that stuff. But the key thing is, especially if you're a family, you've got kids, whatnot, or grandkids, it's not about the money you leave behind. It's really about this, the wisdom, the wisdom and knowledge you can pass on to the next generation, right, Uh, to your kids and all that, so that um, they can better look after their money. They're not going to blow it, you know. They Mm. will uh, continue the tradition of working hard, working smart, 
saving hard and invest uh, smart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Powerful stuff. So, uh, Gary, um, did you want to plug anything? Uh, do you have anything uh, coming up in uh, the end of 2020 or 2021 um, that you want uh, your uh, listeners to hear about yeah I, I would just say uh for people who um, really want to um uh, get on the financial freedom is really start working on themselves you know obviously you know if you're interested in property you feel free to watch my videos on my channel etc um richard poor dad book books uh if you haven't read them really need to do it to do it now um, uh that's really key um and uh really start investing here you know, obviously with the with the COVID, everything is still very uncertain. Um, uh, I, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist myself, so I, I, I'm mm. I'm always looking for the third wave. <laughs> yeah. In June, that uh, hey, second wave is coming. Uh, and when Beijing uh, a partial lockdown happened, it was like that's it. You know, it's coming. Mm. Um, it's like just wait for that. Um, there'll be a Western city that's going to have a lockdown. Right, and obviously, uh, 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 Melbourne um, become the first one, and Spain as well, uh, and then also the Auckland. Uh, yeah. So uh, who knows? You know, New Zealand, we we coming up an election in a month's time, less than a month. Um, I'm 50% confident there will be a third wave before Christmas. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, fingers crossed. That's right. <laughs> um, and and for people, for listeners, uh, especially if you are a uh, in employment. Always keep your CV ready, just in case. New bell, right? Uh, and look for, keep always look for opportunities before you're being pushed. And if you're in business, you know, uh, well, you know, you really need to uh, uh, sharpen up the way you um, deliver services and value to your clients, right? Um, yeah, and use technology, embrace technology, like just like what we're doing here and right now. Yeah, <laughs> instead of, that's it. Instead of uh, holding a seminar. To say 50, 100 people, uh, by the power of YouTube and and social media and whatnot, uh, we can share this message to thousands of people out there. That's it. Got to leverage what we can, right? Yeah. Uh, great to have you, uh, Gary Lin. Everyone, thank you so much, Gary, for coming on to the show, and um, thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. I appreciate you. Uh, please look out for our next episode in the coming weeks. <laughs>